Hello and welcome to your new favourite podcast. Maybe about a topic that you wouldn't expect. A curveball. A new angle. I'm Andy and this is New Balls Please. Let me welcome my co-host. Hello there, I'm Matt and I'll be your co-host for this uh, ace of a podcast. (laughs) Tell your friends, make sure to make a racket about this podcast because it is going to be incredible. So good. If you're a casual tennis fan... Or if you're a seasoned veteran, Andy Murray, he's probably going to be listening, I imagine. Probably Tim Hemman as well, let's Tim be honest. He- wow. If Tim Hemman's listening, I will stop everything. My life is done. Henna's probably my favourite tennis player of all time. Certainly mine. Yeah. I mean, it's... A sweetheart it's, of the British nation. You may say the Tim Hemman Appreciation Society over here, but... Yeah. Don't want to don't wanna blow our own trumpets too much, you know. Want to blow Tim Hemman's trumpet. Well, well... I mean, there are other tennis players out there for any other fans who may uh, like tennis. Very true. But our point remains that if you are a keen tennis fan of any level, this podcast is for you. It's what you've been wanting. You've probably been thinking, where is it? Where is this tennis podcast that I've wanted for so long? Well, here it is. And I think we're going to give you a teaser, a taster, a trailer. We're going to go through a few things that you can expect from this podcast and maybe things you can't expect as well. So what are a few things, features? So we're thinking every week in Ode to the great Tim Hemman, we're going to have a little section to discuss perhaps our favourite traits of the general club night player or sagas that you've come across in your tennis career. Obviously, Andy and I have had budding tennis careers. We're pretty high up that ATP ranking scale. Exactly. Exactly. Tour finals, here I come. I'll be there soon. Well, I will be there as as a spectator. Just to clarify, I will not. I will not be participating. Well, you never know. Delpo out with his knee. You know, that's it's, very uh, true. I only need about, about you know, a hundred thousand more withdrawals, and then I'll, I'll be in with a shout. I think that's not bad. To be fair, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Also, we're going to look at maybe you know a little bit of a question of the week. Give you some tennis info, a bit of a bit yeah. of background, some current affairs. You know, weekly a weekly dream, mm-hmm. as you may say. You know, with a little weekly section, and yeah. We will try and veer it away from Tim Hemman, just yeah, to clarify. Just, just, uh... We'll try and make it... Well, there'll be smatterings of hennas, of course there will. But there'll also be another hennas, if you will. King Henry VIII will be mentioned later for... on later on today. In case you didn't know, uh, Andy has just graduated in history, and he yep. is doing a Masters in history, hence his love of hennas. Hennas. All the hennas. hennas. All the hennas. Tim Hem- mainly Tim, but Henry VIII as well. Yeah. Huge fan. So yeah, I'll be combining my two loves as we delve into the history of the game as well. It's not just about the present. Sandy, would you like to uh, start us off with a little bit of background about your tennis uh, pedigree? I would, yeah. Well, how long have we got? How long have we got? I don't know. I started started playing the game, say I was probably about eight years old, as you do. Just going down to the local club, not to the tennis club. Big up Paul Burns, former... Oi, oi. Former tennis coach. If you're if you're a club player or if you're a former junior player, you'll probably be probably be pretty aware of the game of skittles. It's a classic. I think I think he was the founder, creator, yeah. everything. He, that man, that man owned skittles. It was his area. That was his thing. If you've played if you've played junior tennis in the early two thousands, you know skittles. That's what I'm saying. And it has a special place place in your heart. So basically, for novices or people who aren't familiar with the legendary game of skittles. It involves around five players, each team, 
And then it's pretty much, without being too dramatic, a fight to the death. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. It's kind of survival of the fittest, you know? It's evolution in in the tennis world, really. But for tennis, for a young tennis player, I don't think Andy Murray was playing Skittles. I'll say say that much. So I think that has probably led to some technique flaws for us. I think think that could be where we've fallen down the scale, perhaps. Maybe that's why we've not made it. Exactly. Our grounding wasn't the same as your Federer's, your Djokovic's. You're Tim Emmons, you know. We're perhaps we're, we're perhaps more of a Jamie to your Andy, so, <laughs> exactly. you know. We're, uh... Exactly. And then so from there, I, you know, got a keen interest, played a few other sports, um, dabbled, jack of all trades, master of none, you know, cricket. Yeah. Football, all that kind of thing. But tennis was the one that piqued my interest the most. Your one true love, exactly. so I say. Exactly. Um, did a bit of coaching myself, but kept going, probably played... Well, I played three times a week, I'd say. Four. Oh, yeah, I know. So again, Murray, you badger, you. Murray-esque. Murray-esque. Um, using a Babalat racket. Ooh, baby. So, if you're listening, Bab, Babalat, you know you know where to put your next racket to. Yeah, baby. Been using that. What was your first first racket? My first racket, I had, I had a tiny red Wilson racket. Nice. And on the, uh, I remember on the on the cover of the head, it was like uh, it was a robot. So I thought it was pretty sick, you know. I was like, you know what, this was before the days of you know when Fed was big. This was kind of a, a Greg Rosetsky era, you know. <laughs> Another one to throw in there. Look, yeah. well, probably a you know a Pete Sambras era, perhaps. Yeah. When, when we were Pistol Pete, Four. Pistol Pete. Few, not many memories of of Pistol Pete, but the ones that I do. Massive surf. What a massive big, surf. Big, big surf, yeah. Glad I, glad I said surf there. <laughs> well, well, you don't want to, you, you want to, you want to make sure that you're in the right area of, you know, of uh, the, of the, well, of the tennis and world and. My, my first, my first time was a, um, Andy Roddick racket. Yeah. It's a Babalat Pure Drive. He's my favourite player growing up. Babalat through and through. Yeah, loved A-Rod, so kept it, kept it going. Still remember, watched his final other match because it was New York. Uh, US Open and obviously time difference duh um, his last ever match was US Open against Juan Martin Juan Martin Del Potro Juan Martin the big man the boy he fought Andy Roddick but he went down so I was pretty sad at around 3am um, watching US Open there but yeah in, in bed crying yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly crying yourself to sleep exactly you know, uh... A-Rod just, I was just clutching my babble at pure drive like just there, cuddling it. Yeah. Don't need that tennis anymore. You've got that. Yeah. You've got. You've got that pure drive. You've got the Peter Andy Roddick taped on the front. You're just yeah. embracing it. You so, know. Uh, if you're listening, A Rod, please come back. I miss you. And so does so does the tennis, so does the tennis world. So does the tennis world. And then fast forward a few years, and Andy became big club president at Bangor University Tennis yeah. Club. That's me, Andy Phillips, not Andy Roddick. Of course, Andy Roddick did not, unfortunately, assume that role. But yeah, so. I guess it kept going. University found played books tennis. If you're a university player or any player, you played. Yeah, you probably heard of books. You played yeah. books hockey. I have, I have. Yeah, that's my uh, my forte. My my tennis pedigree isn't quite as strong as as Andy's here. I played from a young age, probably about five or six. Was never the best. Never year. Hi guys. I was never year. Um, and then fast forward a few uh, a few years, my tennis career still wasn't going very strong. Somehow managed to become a coach. <laughs> yep. 
Again, I, I, uh, again, again another another glowing reference for British tennis there. Yep, I, I, I uh, was a big advocate of the game Skittles. Or another <laughs> game when you were playing junior tennis. Do you remember having the red coloured balls and you have the yeah. orange coloured yeah. balls and the green? One of my favourite pastimes on a tennis camp when you've got about 20 minutes before the end of the day and before the parents turn up. Traffic lights. Classic. You know what? I don't remember that. Literally, what? chuck all the balls out on the court and make them into traffic lights. <laughs> so anyone taught a nuts a tennis club between the years of 2010 and 2014, I'm sorry for your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe knows. incompetency or lack of attention because I've probably bored them, to be honest. Or different technique. Different Maybe technique. Different coaching technique. I was teaching, you know, you know mid, other, mid, other... Midpoint, you're playing a cross-court forehand. Bam, traffic lights. You're running around. <laughs> scrambling. <laughs> scrambling for the ball. But yeah, my my sport, I then realised that tennis wasn't really, you know, I was pretty average. I was your average club play, club club night player. I was never your Tim Henman. I but was this, your... Uh, but this is exactly what this podcast is for. Exactly. And then Matt, fast, Matt is the yeah, average I am... I am your average bog standard club, He's, you, know, you know. Hit a, you know what? Hit I've a, hit a few hit, forehands. Exactly. Hit a few aces, maybe. A few aces, a few winners, what? but you know what? By God, you want to head back to the clubhouse and have a nice cold pint. <sighs> Don't we all after, you know. Exactly. Solid Tuesday night, and hour and a is, half. That four. is the main thing of club tennis. And that's what that's what makes it so, so great. We've covered some of the key things already <laughs> in an well. elongated fashion. Um, what else can we expect from our groundbreaking tennis adventure well what can't what can't you expect well the yeah. question to be honest Andy like we're going to take a look at some of the biggest issues so you know we're going to try our uh, try our best to you know analyse some of the big big what ifs in tennis or the big kind of you know what's going to happen with the world so you know five sets or no five sets controversial for you know save that for a rainy day save that for a rainy day to just to clarify tonight is a lovely dry evening yeah yeah so yeah don't save it for a dry night yeah you know davis cup change you know stuff like that but also about the fans that we're experienced campers down at wimbledon very experienced campers probably the last last few years we've settled down pitched our tent and waited to head to center court i think the year who's the player we saw the first year First year we yeah. saw Leighton Hewitt's last Wimbledon. Wow, Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt, Nark- Yako Niemann. Yeah, five sets. And remember Diego Schwartzman, who's now up wow. there in the top twenty. Yeah, we saw him all those years ago. We were, what can we say? We were, we were, we were founders, pioneers, yeah. perhaps of his career. You know, exactly. we were there. Shout and come on, Tim at him. You know, <laughs> as, as all. Uh, all but, budding tennis fans. We had the we had the Aussie fans though. We had exactly. The, uh, yeah, the, that Hewitt match is incredible. Four. I'm sure we had another. Did we have Kyrgios that day yeah, as well? We Kyrgios, did. Kyrgios, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've done well. We've 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 been quite lucky with our draws, really. Yeah. And then fast forward a few years, you've been to the ATP a couple of times. Yeah. I've been once. So yeah. It's... Seen Fed. That was a highlight. Tried to see my idol Judy, but she was somewhat not there. And, she, and she ignored me. And I'm looking at you right now as you say that. And on your jumper, your little jumper, whatever it is, under your swoosh from a company that you that rhymes with Pike. Is the name Judy Murray? Yes. Is that big a yeah. fan of the woman? Or oh. is there another story here? Well, who isn't that big a fan of the woman? But there is actually another story. So, fast forward, obviously, a few years. I was a member of the University Hockey Club at Sheffield, as you do. Oi, oi. And to make you feel part part of the club, you know, make you feel welcome, you get given a name. And 
Cut not, long story. Not to, be, not to be confused with initiations. Well, you know, initiations <laughs> don't exist. It's welcome drinks, isn't it? Exactly. I think, I think you have yeah. welcome drinks nowadays. Um, yeah, my surname is Lines, and I remember the link. It's very tenuous. The surname's Lines. There are Lines on a tennis court. Andy Murray plays tennis. He loves his mum. To Judy Murray. So how can the listeners be confused with that? How can you be confused by that? It's not taken me four and a half years to understand that, and I still don't, <laughs> but, you know, it's... I guess if you're wearing it in public as well, there must be a few... I've had seconds. a few I've had a few dodgy looks, you know. A yeah. few people have looked at me just like, who is this kid? Why has he got Judy Murray on his jumper? Is it Judy Murray? No. Well, I mean, from my appearance, you could kind of, I guess, you know, like... She's a fantastic lady. She's a Very strong true. woman. Judy Murray, if you're listening, shout out. I'd love to meet you one day, get you on the pod, I'd perhaps. say in my list of tennis women, which is not too yeah. extensive, to be honest, but um, I would say, I didn't want to sound creepy, but I said we've got an extensive <laughs> list of tennis women. I'd say Sue Barker is the top. Oh, Sue Barker is the pinnacle of tennis. Wow. What a tennis player. What a broadcaster. When the French Open, a lot of people forget that about Sue. She was a good player in her own yeah. right. People forget that. People think... It's like Gary as, Lineker uh, on, the foot, on football, on the match of the day. Right? She is the Gary Lineker to the tennis world. Exactly. Gary Lineker's not just a crisp salesman. You know, <laughs> he is also a good former footballer, an, ex- an excellent former footballer. Barcelona played for, didn't he? He, yeah. was, he? he was a pioneer of the British exactly. game. You know, he was... And Sue doesn't sell crisps, but the point stands. Sue, she... Sue is Wimbledon. Exactly. Can you have Wimbledon without Sue Barker? You hear the music. You hear Sue Barker's voice. Da, 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 da. Oh my God, it's Wimbledon. <laughs> so... Talking about your extensive list of tennis women, one of our yeah. features we're going to have every week is not tennis women. Don't worry. It's uh, your dream something in tennis. So mm-hmm. this week, we're going to look at your dream mixed doubles partner. Start it off with a bank. Start, um, <laughs> start it off with a valued critique of a mixed doubles partner's tennis ability. So that is the main. Andy and I over the years have played fair, a fair bit of mixed doubles. Yeah, I've played. I've played it in a junior level. You've played it a bit more senior, I think, yes. than me. You know, it's, yeah. and obviously, who hasn't played club night mixed doubles? It's exactly a classic, a staple. So, Andy, I guess to ask you, who would be your dream mixed double player? I mean, Sue is up there. Yeah, and it's nothing against Sue, but I think at her age, she would not be able to pull her weight. But she would be a great clubhouse player. Oh, I just... oh, oh, wow. <laughs> would I have a pint with Sue Barker in the clubhouse? Yes, absolutely. I think I might stretch some more than one pint, to be honest. <laughs> two pints, Sue. <laughs> oh, two, well, two for Sue. Two for Sue. That's uh, yeah, to be fair. That's her name, you know, knocking around the days these days at Wimbledon. Yeah, She's, yeah. <laughs> two for Sue. You can find Sue in the bar. That's <laughs> sorry, I'm slandering Sue Barker. I don't, I don't mean to slander Sue Barker at all. But back to the point. My. Ideal mixed doubles partner is someone we tried to meet. Oh, we have tried? Yeah, I, we, say, I, th- I think I know you're going to talk I about. I we tried to meet. There was, uh, our friend James was certainly more keen to meet her. And it is the wonderful yeah. Eugenie Bouchard. And why would you go for uh, Miss Bouchard? You know, she's she's obviously, she was Wimbledon semi finalist, finalist, finalist yeah. and now she finds herself outside the top 100. Exactly. So now I think she's of an, abil- <laughs> she's of an ability where I could keep up probably. <laughs> Uh, not again, nothing against Eugenie, but her tennis has not lived up to the promise that it once showed. So I think I could definitely hold my own on the mixed yeah. court with her. And uh, so what's what's this about young James uh, with his, yeah, so trying to find Miss Bouchard? It's difficult to convey this through the medium of speech, 
It's but yeah, it's Eugenie a difficult Bouchard one. Eugenie Bouchard is a a striking young woman. I'll put it that way. She's striking down those aces. Striking down those aces for sure. And she has a legion of fans, you know, Canadians or otherwise. She is from Canada. Yeah. But um, our friend James is a particular fan of her tennis. I imagine. How many times has he seen her play now? He's, I think he's tried to see her quite a few times. <laughs> he's there a few times. Just wherever she goes, he's there. Just play, play, playing a challenger in like, Doha. <laughs> be, he's just there. Be Super watching. fan. Yeah, exactly. And see, funnily enough, the two, two worlds collided um, of reality TV and tennis because her sister was also there, Mimi Bouchard. Is she cousin or sister? I think it's sister, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, sister, you, to be fair, you know more than me. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. That's not something I would know. So, her but, cousin or sister, whatever, was there. And James is also keen on <laughs> meeting her as well. So we, we we spent our time, we got this year at Wimbledon with uh, James and young Joe. He was, mm-hmm. Joe is a particular fan of Miss Mimi Bouchard. Yeah. And we spent our time, Eugenie Bouchard was playing on one of the outside courts and Andy and I were kind of keen to get back into court one, go watch some Yeah, I was. Banging was, tennis. Who was, who was playing on court one? Was it, was it Kedders, Carl Edmund? Yeah, it was Kedders. Yeah. Edmund's Edge, it yeah. was on. That was a great day as well because that yeah. was also the day of England's World Cup match against, was it Columbia? Columbia. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's another story. That's Wow, yeah. More than one spot in this podcast. Look at us, we're branching out. This is exactly so. Uh, but, that was a great. That was a great day. But yeah, back to back to Miss Bouchard. Anyway, we we tried to get on the outside court, but as you can imagine, for a player of her kind of caliber and yeah, you know, yeah, caliber, t- caliber. She uh, her court was full, and James was there poking his head through the gaps to yeah. try and see what he could see, and so was Joe trying to spot his uh, long lens camera in hand. <laughs> binoculars <laughs> yeah. and yeah but unfortunately Andy and I were a bit we were, we were quite excited to go and watch Big Kedders you know we were, yeah. we just thought you know what you guys you guys like realize your dream another day boys like this is yeah. this gonna have to settle for Kyle Edmund sorry to... <laughs> Do you want to Eugenie Bouchard you've got Kyle Edmund yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's life that's the tea that's but, what happens but anyway are you back well back, I, back I, to I, the I return uh, the question I return your serve if you will. You digress. Will you? Come back uh, yeah, to the I, question. I digress. Service return. I've sliced it down the line. Whoa. Who's your favourite? Who's your dream favourite mixed doubles partner? Whoa. You can't say Eugenie now. I can't say Eugenie. Claire Balding is another voice of Wimbledon. <laughs> but I mean... Uh, not sure about her tennis ability. I don't, I'm not sure about her tennis ability. So I'm not sure. Again, club night. 100%. A couple of pims with Claire. Yeah. I Brilliant. Reckon, I reckon Claire would have a one-handed backhand. You do, yeah. I think she'd be quite Federer-esque, you know. It'd be it'd be sweeping. Yeah. It'd be graceful and sweeping. Yeah. I reckon she'd be a good net player. Yeah, I reckon she'd good be presence. Good, good presence. <laughs> In terms of racket ability, yeah, for sure. Um, dream. You know, what it's going to be actually. Yeah. This might be the forgotten sweetheart of English tennis, Laura Robson. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Laura Robson, agree with that. junior Wimbledon champion, mixed doubles with Andy Murray, London 2012. I, I remember that. Britain's that, sweetheart. That summer, there was loads of stuff about her everywhere. She was going to be the future, but she struggled with injuries. US Open, she got three to fourth. Was it fourth round? Was yeah, it further good, than that? Yeah, she, she had a good, good run. But then 
Injuries took their toll. She's still outside the top 200 now. She's quite far outside. So that's why I think she could cope with my ability. Yeah. We'd be quite easy, you know, on the uh, simple as that, you know. She's a. Good serve, Laura Robson. Yeah, she's a. Hit an ace, all right, you know. She's a striking player. She's. She's good at the old yeah, tennis. You, you can pop she's, up. You can pop up with an ace now and then. So you know, yeah, my serve. It's yeah, forty-three percent first serve completion rate. I'd when say it's, when it's on, for, it's on. So that's that, all I say. Say that much for it. I also, mean, I think going back to club players, mixed doubles partners. I know what a lot of club players would say, especially of a certain age. They would say Anna Kornikova. She yes. was like, there's that famous poster, isn't there? Like the loads of. I think it's dated now. I wouldn't have it. But you'll know if just say tennis ball bottom that's all it is basically it's Anna Kornikova featuring Enrique Iglesias yeah exactly I can be a hero yeah. baby and she was yeah, many the hero she was the hero heroine of many a club player but I think that age has passed now yeah for sure so, so talking of club players what would you say are your favourite and least favourite aspects of the club player if you were to choose your stereotypical club player that kind of got on your nerves a little bit, what would it be? What would happen? No na- Obviously, you know, yep. keep names away. <laughs> no names. In case his pod goes, you know, large, it's... Uh... Yeah, especially Federer. God, it's oh, so... Federer. Everyone thinks he's so nice, but God, not when you're playing him in singles. I beat him 6-4, and then suddenly... He... Here's a weird story, though, just to, just before I... just This ties in with oh. fallen, fallen... Not fallen club players, but... Um, now club players, I guess. Just, yeah, just one, just one of those kind of unexpected stories so I get my hair cut every now and then as everyone does get it cut at a place called Guy's in Nutsford looking fresh may I say it <laughs> yeah well. I definitely need a new one and the barber there Dan uh, who cuts my hair cuts it well so if you ever need a haircut go to him he unbelievably once beat Roger Federer really? In, yeah in the Orange Bowl in the Orange Bowl Junior Tournament <laughs> Famous, prestigious um, junior tournament, the Orange Bowl. He beats Roger Federer, and so who's hey? Who's to say who's had the better career? Yeah, That's... he's now cutting hair in Nutsford, yeah. and Roger is now what well, he would have just played in Singapore, uh, Shang... Shanghai, but he lost. So yeah, so <laughs> there you are. Who's more yeah. successful? So yeah, and I've had a had a hit with him once. Uh, that's damn the barber, not <laughs> and it's and it's you know you can just tell that he's still got it, still got the technique. But I guess that's another example. Maybe hey, of the, of the LTA failing British players again. Obviously the talent's there, but it's not not been able to carry him through. So I guess really like why does the UK have so few kind of winning players compared to you look at other countries like Spain, for example, like. You've got Nadal, you've got Feliciano Lopez, who's obviously still up, still, up, still up there. You've got David Ferrer, Batista Agut. There's a lot of players who've kind of up there, well, you know. Because obviously Andy Murray, his formative years, I think from like 12 or 13, maybe a bit older, maybe like 14, moved to Spain. Yeah. And that's what kind of formed his tennis, playing on the red clay of Spain. I think it's the, I think it's a lot of it's down to their attitude. Like you look at a lot of Spanish players, maybe not Vidasco, but the vast majority, like Nadal, <laughs> Ferrer, Crenabusta, others humble they've got a yeah. lot of humility and they've kind of they've never made it like you see Nadal even after even now after winning however many 17 slams he's still always like looking at things to improve on whereas maybe British players don't settle maybe perhaps yeah. well I think it's so rare for a British player to get there we love our plucky underdog that's why we love Tim you know he's yeah. he was he was kind of the epitome of British kind of underdog he'd always wow. try and get there but it's kind of like 
it's so rare to see kind of a British player getting through. You had Tim, then you had Andy Murray. I guess now you got Carl Edmund coming through. Yeah, he's but doing well. Yeah, it's it's like if you're looking at, if you're looking at the top 100, you maybe got what Callum Norrie. Yeah, can't, yeah, Callum don't Norrie. Think, don't um, think Dan Evans is there. He's it'll be, I reckon he he's might probably be getting close there. You know, he's but that, again, Dan Evans, all the talent, but maybe another question of attitude again. Yeah, well, you wouldn't catch Rafa Nadal doing that. That's, well, all, that's, <laughs> that's, all, well, I'll, yeah. that's all I'll say on that. So at the start of the pod, you mentioned the name Henry VIII. So I'm kind yes. of intrigued to see so, where this Henry VIII tennis connection has come from. Yes. This is kind of, yeah. So this is early days of tennis, obviously. Still in its real tennis form, I guess, the earlier mm. form. Um, Henry VIII loved it back in the day uh, when he was still in shape. Big obviously. first serve, wasn't it? Yeah, Big first serve. Mass- Henry, Henry on the grass. Of, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was... When he, because in his younger days, people forget, you know, he was kind of, he was in shape. He was an athlete. He was, yeah, he, he was doing all sorts. Exactly. Of jousting. Wasn't his back that he did or something? Or yeah. he, I think did he fall off a hall jousting and yeah. bend his curvature of the spine? I think that's the one. And then he just ate for like, ate and drank for like thirty years. <laughs> so, but yeah, so when he was playing tennis back in the day in court, um, might have been playing. I don't know. I reckon people probably let him win. That's yeah, otherwise, you know, you, divorce, beheaded, but died, divorce, beheaded, survive. Yeah. You want to stay out yeah, that kind seen, of path. You've seen him like behead Catherine of Aragon. You think I'll probably yeah. let him win this one? You've watched probably. the Tudors on BBC. You know, you've, <laughs> exactly. you, you're there backing with him. You know, you're like, well, I'll give him this one. So, fifteen love, thirty love, forty love, all pretty common parlance now. It's still a bit weird. We'll admit that it is a it is one it's of the weirdest odd system, Yeah, but it originated from. Uh, the hands on the clock so you play for 15 minutes and you say hey got a point you know whoever's winning or just to denote like how long you've been playing for then 30 on the clock as well 45 and then it changed to 40 but I think we can all agree that's not the best way to score it it's a bit In confusing time, don't think it makes yeah, sense it's, really. yeah it's kind of like when you read the read read the time from the sun. It's just a yeah. bit. It's like... We don't do that. I always... <laughs> Perhaps a bit dated, may I say? <laughs> Maybe. Like yeah. Henry VIII. Yeah. So, but I digress. Back to our original point on this tag- tangent we've gone down was your club night, worst yeah. attributes of a player. Mm-hmm. This that, is... this is ta- yeah. Tangents is what the podcast is all about. All about. You've got you to yeah. add these conversation points. Exactly. Where you, where, you know, we're too... Uh... It's like we're at club night right now. Mate, we, we, we need, you know, we haven't got the beers with us, you know, tonight is, we've both actually just hit the gym, you yeah, know. Don't want to don't don't brag. Boost, but yeah, you know, we did some good weights. Drinking green tea. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm just trying to think there's so many pet peeves. You know what, my, my pet peeve would be, if you're hitting, you know, a lovely rally, but the bloke on the other side or the woman on the other side, mm-hmm. they just they think, you know what, this guy's... Hitting some lovely forehands rarely happens to me. <laughs> they just bounce the ball really high back over and just kind of just moonballing, moonballing. Yeah. Oh, stop moonballing! Infuriates me because then I just want to hit it even harder. You know what happens yeah. then? It Mid- goes into the net, middle of the net, goes out. Yeah, hits a player. Could any of the above? It's just moonballing. Stop moonballing, please. All club players, stop moonballing. Okay, mine is probably this. You're on top in a rally. You're, yeah. You're dominating. You know. You put some, put some, put some good work in. You really, really going, really going to their backhand, putting them under pressure, and then a ball rolls on the court. But it's not, it's not near them. You're gonna, you're gonna win the point anyway. It's pretty established. You're gonna win the point anyway. 
You've, see, they, you've, you've seen that gap on the far side exactly. of the court. You've wound up the big they, forehand. They stop the point. Sorry, we're playing on that. <sighs> what? I mean, it's it, it doesn't affect your game. It's miles exactly. away. You're just there. You've wound up this huge forehand. You've hit it. And they're like, I'm so sorry, sir. There was a ball on the court. <sighs> well, I mean, I don't think they're that polite usually <laughs> for the night. But <laughs> and that's it, you know. it's. I think we can both agree that is... I think... We could do we could do a whole episode on that, so I'm not oh, gonna I'm not gonna wind, not, yeah. I'm gonna wind myself up because the time is coming up to or it's past yeah, the time really? is past tenish we tenish <laughs> so I'm not gonna wind myself up before yeah before sleep. before bedtime exactly. no, this is this is both working men both yeah. you know it's how we live yeah <sighs> crazy nights talking about tennis yeah yeah big Mondays yeah. anyway well uh, we hope you've enjoyed this kind of first. Installment. Yeah, exactly. This is a taste, a flavour, a trailer. Um, and then, yeah, we'll add to all these aspects. Henners, there'll be much more on Tim Henman. Oh. As always. We could do we could do a whole series on Tim. Exactly. This is different features. Wimbledon, we've got a lot more a lot more stories from Wimbledon to come up as well. Um interactive stuff as well. Hopefully we'll get get the opinion of people. Yeah. Like like you the listener, the club night goer. We're going to try and get kind of a non-tennis yeah. perspective on the tennis world each week. You know, it's kind of a, a kind of a, a an outsider's look at, if you will, at why they think or why they're not interested in the world of tennis, and why perhaps you know why they don't feel engaged. Exactly. And what you know, see if they follow them on their story. See if they can follow it in. You know, and it is for us to guide you on that journey, on your lofty quest. Exactly. On your lob. You know, your, your, your lobty quest. Oh, that's so definitely we'll, getting late. We, we'll, see, we'll see you then for a lot more. And the, net, the key thing to keep listening for is a big debate over Henman Hill. That will be coming up next time. <sighs> Henman Hill. Murray Mount. Edmund's Edge. Oh. Rosetsky's Ridge. <laughs> Norrie's. <laughs> to Cam Norrie. Yeah. Anyway, Cam's Cam's core. Oh no, it's Tor, isn't it? <laughs> so have a have a think. Maybe you could work one in for Fred Perry or something. Yeah. But um, so much more to come from this podcast. Uh, until next time. Yeah. New balls, please. New balls, please. Ace. <laughs> and Double. and hey, this is the twenty first century. You can probably follow us on every social media. And any feedback, yeah. send it our way. Any topics of discussion. Any you know. Any good names for the mountain? (laughs) Very much welcome. So yeah, thanks for listening to New Balls, please. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye.